Well, it's just such a great privilege to be here this morning. And I, uh, I've, I've been to Silverwater many times, but never to your morning service. So thank you for having me. And my name is Kaylee. if I haven't met you. And uh, it is a privilege to be here this morning. I thought I would show you a quick picture of my beautiful babies, just so you can see what my normal life is like. It's with these three crazies. And uh, on the left is Billy Cruz. He's my eldest. He's six. He just started school. Help me, Jesus. School's like a whole nother world I'm just experiencing. And then Taylor Bloom is my second. He's four and he's fun and he's cheeky and he's full of joy and I just love him. And my middle, our surprise package, Rocky Love, our girl. And she's, yeah, she's something else. I don't know if that's what all girls are like, but she's crazy. And uh, I love them so much, but they're not here today, thank the Lord. <laughs> it's too hard. <laughs> so, um, but it's just great to be here with you. And I wanna thank your amazing pastors, Pastor Al and Pastor Jess. You guys are the best of the best, truly. And I'm so thankful for your friendship and your encouragement and your love. And we just love doing life with you. And Dan and Al, my husband and Pastor Al are cousins. So we're actually family um, somehow. We're still trying to work out how we're related, but I just claim it anyway. And um, so thank you for having me out this morning. And this morning we are talking about the Word of God, which is my favourite topic in the whole world. So I feel so stoked to be able to bring this word this morning. And I wanna talk to you this morning about getting a word from God. And I remember many, many years ago when I was leading in our youth ministry out of Oxford Falls. And I remember going to a course that we run there and it was young people would share their testimonies of you know, what God's been doing in their life. And I remember going along and hearing these young people share their testimonies. You know, they were, they were nine and 10, 11, 12 years old and they're sharing these incredible things that they've been walking through. And, you know, nine-year-olds struggling with depression and anxiety and, you know, suicidal thoughts and abuse and just these crazy things I just never thought a young person that young would be dealing with. And I remember leaving from that place and feeling really sad in my heart, like, God, how can I help these people? What can I do to help these young people? And the Lord spoke to my heart and He said, all they need is one word from me. And that's what I wanna talk to you about this morning, just getting one word from God that can radically change everything. All you need is one word from Him and it shifts and transforms your life. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Matthew 8, 28 this morning and I want to read a passage to you that I thought Dorian had stolen from me but it's just another demon possessed man we're going to be talking about. <laughs> it's just a theme this morning. <laughs> so in Matthew 8, 28, it says this, When he had come to the other side, to the country, there met him two demon possessed men coming out of the tomb, exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now good way off from them, there was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him saying, if you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, go. 
So when they came out, they went into the herd of swine and suddenly the whole herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. I love this story and I love Jesus' response. You know, there's a lot going on, there's a lot of chaos, there's men coming at Him and there's demons and it's all going on. And, and they begin to say to Him, what are you gonna do to us? And, you know, and Jesus doesn't come out with this eloquent prayer or, you know, He's not like, you know, spending hours casting these demons out. He just says one word. He says, go, and they are gone. And I wanna tell you something this morning, Silverwater, that if you can get just one word from God in your heart, that it can shift and change everything for your life. But there's a key to getting this word. In John 8, 32, it says that you shall know the truth and it will set you free. It doesn't say that you need to read the truth. It doesn't say you need to hear the truth. It says that you need to know the truth. And then the truth sets you free. You see, the key to getting a Word from God that actually changes you and shifts you is actually knowing it in your heart. It's making it go from being just a Word on a piece of paper or something that you heard one time to becoming a revelation in your heart that that's when it comes alive and it becomes active and it begins to transform your life. And I think too often we hear the Word or we've, we've heard about the Word or we've even read the Word, but we never let it get inside of us. So it never actually does anything. It lays dormant, but God's plan for the Word was for it to never to lay dormant, but it was for it to be alive, but not just alive, for it to be active in our lives, for it to activate and become revelation. And when that happens, that's when it comes alive and it transforms our life. And I wanna talk to you this morning about how to make the Word revelation in our hearts so that we know it and so it sets us free, so that it actually transforms our life. So I wanna give you two keys this morning that I believe are crucial for the Word of God becoming alive in your life. And I wanna encourage you this morning if maybe you're feeling like the Word of God has been a bit dry to you lately, I wanna say, get out a pen, get out a paper, get out your notes on your phone or something and write these things down and take it home with you today and let it refresh and revive the Word of God in your life. I also wanna encourage you, if you've never known the Word of God to come out at you and speak to you and transform your life, Get engaged this morning. This is not just something that I just wanna say and then you're like, oh, that's nice and you leave. No, this can change your life. If you can grab a hold of this and take it home with you and apply it, it will transform your world. So in Romans 10, 9, it says this, and many of you probably heard this Scripture in regards to salvation. And it says this, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know, this word here saved means to be healed and to be made whole. 
You know, God doesn't want us just saved from eternity. He wants us saved here on earth. He wants you healed and He wants you whole. He doesn't want us limping around this world as Christians. He wants us healed and whole and set free people. And I believe the same keys that are in this Word that are to receive Christ into our life are the same keys that receive the Word of God into our life. And so I wanna start with those this morning. And the first key in this Scripture is that we need to confess with our mouth. And I believe we need to learn the art of confessing the Word of God over our lives. The declaration of the Word It is the most powerful tool that we have. There is no other one. Prayer is important, yes, and it is powerful, but confessing the Word of God is what actually changes your life. He's given us the promises. All we need to do is confess them and declare them over our life. You know, just as God created the world with His words, we can create our world with our words. And you know, the original tent of words was actually to create. It wasn't even for communication. It was to create over our lives. And whether you know it or not, as you speak day in and day out, you are creating things over your world and over other people's worlds. In Proverbs, it says that the power of life and death are in the tongue that you have the power to create life or death as you speak. I mean, that's pretty crazy to think about that. When you came in here this morning and as you were having conversations with people, what were you doing? Were you creating life over somebody's world or were you creating death over a situation? You have the power to create life or death in your tongue. And we need to remember what God has called us to do. And He has called us not to create seeds of death, but He has called us to create life and life in abundance over our lives and over people's lives. The power is in our tongue and in our confession. You know, I actually believe that a lot of the struggles that we face and a lot of the things that we go through start from a seed or a word of death. And I know this to be true from my own life. You know, growing up, I've from a very incredibly blessed upbringing. I grew up in a Christian home. I went to a Christian school. I've been in church my whole life. I've never had, you know, a rebellious stage or walked away from God, but that doesn't mean I haven't had my struggles and I haven't had my battles and things I've had to face and overcome. And... One of the areas of my life that it feels like is a constant, you know, battle and something I always need to confess over is the area of health in my life. It's just been an area that I feel like has always been a bit attacked and I've had to constantly declare His promises over that area. And I was born with an extremely rare teeth condition. And there's only two family lines in the whole world that have it. It's hereditary. My mum has it, her mum has it, her mum has it. My eldest son actually has it now. And it's called amelogenesis imperfecta. It's very fancy. But basically what it means is that we are not born with enamel on our teeth. So 
Every person has white teeth, beautiful enamel, and under your enamel, you have yellow teeth, but your white enamel protects that. And we're not born with that, we're born with yellow teeth. And there's a lot of other complications with that, but that's the main gist of the condition. And so growing up, you know, now I have had all my beautiful white teeth done, but growing up, I hadn't had that. I had yellow teeth and I remember being really teased as a child and and told a lot of things, but it never overly affected me. I was quite a happy child. I was was full of joy. I love fun. I still do to this day. And, you know, I, I had lots of friends and all sorts of, you know, I had a great, beautiful childhood. But I remember getting to year three and a defining thing happening in my life. And I remember being in school one day and being in the classroom and and it was drama time. And the teacher's like, who wants to come out and and act out brushing your teeth? And I'm like, pick me, pick me. Like every kid in the class, when you're in year three, everyone wants to do whatever it is. (laughs) We're like, pick me. And so the teacher's like, yep, Kaylee, come on out. So come out the front. And and just as I'm about to start acting out brushing my teeth, she's like, class, this is what happens when you don't brush your teeth go and sit down. And so she made me go and sit down. And it was a a very, I was very uh, humiliated in that moment and very embarrassed. But more than that, something happened to me in that moment. And a seed of death was like placed in my heart. And I became very shy. I became very embarrassed. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want people to to see my teeth or to tease me or I lost my joy. I lost my confidence. I lost friends. I had no friends. Like I just became this really insecure young girl. And I remember many years later going to a youth conference at our church at Oxford Falls. And I don't remember the speaker. I don't remember the message. I don't even remember what the altar call was for, but for some reason I was down on the altar call. And I remember just in that moment, the Lord speaking to me into my heart and saying, and and reminding me of that moment in that classroom at school. And He said to me, deal with it or it will destroy you. And I remember in that moment realising actually, it had already been destroying me, that word, that seed of death. It had already stolen my joy. It had already stolen my confidence. It had already stolen these things from me that I used to be. And I remember in a moment on the altar with Jesus, just laying it at the cross, forgiving, letting it go, uprooting that evil word of death and laying it on the cross of Jesus. And I wanna tell you today that your words are powerful, that you have the opportunity to confess life over your world, to create things in your world, to speak them into being, to speak the promises and the Word of God over your life. And you know what? The only thing that counteracts a lie is the truth. The only thing that can uproot those lies that maybe have been spoken over you, maybe you've even spoken over yourself. Maybe other people have pulled you down, but the only thing that uproots those things is the truth and the Word of God. And as you get the truth and the Word of God, and you begin to declare that as truth over your life, the lies cannot land, stand, and they cannot last. And they crumble at the Name of Jesus. They are uprooted. 
In 2 Corinthians 4, 13, it says, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore speak. This is not confession. That's me saying it in my mind. Confession is out aloud. It's getting a little bit noisy. It's getting a little bit crazy. You may seem a bit crazy at first when you start confessing the Word of God over your life. You may wanna go and do it in the shower so no one can hear you. You might wanna shut the door in the bathroom and just speak it over your life each morning. But I tell you what, confession is out aloud. There is no other way to do it. The battlefield is in the mind. And when your mind is racing with thoughts, when your mind is racing with anxiety, when your mind is racing with doubts, when your mind's racing with these things, you cannot counteract it with more thoughts. It doesn't work. You need to counteract it by speaking out the truth. And I tell you this, when you begin to speak out the truth, your thought life comes into line with the words that you are speaking. Your words are more powerful than your mind. Learn how to confess the Word of God over your life. This is the truth for our life. Not what anybody else says about you. Not what the doctors have said. Not what people have said, not what media has said, not what Instagram is telling you. The Word of God is the truth for your life. And we need to start living by this truth and getting it inside of us. T.D. Jake said this one time, and I'll never forget it. He held up a white piece of paper and he said, if Jesus was to stand here today and say to you that this piece of paper is black, it would have to turn black because He cannot lie. What He says is truth. If you don't know what to trust, trust the Word of God. This is the truth for your life. God cannot lie. He is the truth and He is the answer for every situation and everything that we face and walk through. But we need to get it inside of us, not just hearing about it, not just reading about it, but actually knowing it. And we begin to know it and it becomes revelation in our lives as we begin to confess it out aloud counteract the lies with the truth and the Word of God. Confess the Word over your life. The second thing that this passage says is that we need to believe it in our heart. We need to believe the Word of God is truth. You know, I love the order of things. I love how God works and and nothing's a mistake in the Word of God. I love how He puts first, first confess with your mouth, then believe in your heart. Because it's really hard to believe something when you can't see it. But something amazing happens when you begin to confess the truth. You start to get a vision for it. You start to actually be able to see that actually there is another possibility to my life. Actually that there are other things that God can do for me. And as you begin to see it, then you can begin to believe it. Believing that the truth, having faith that what He says He will do, He will do. In Romans 4, 17, one of my favourite passages in the Bible, it says this, God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist into existence. What a passage. God calls those things which do not exist into 
existence. When you believe and when you have faith in your heart, He calls those things that do not exist into existence. As you believe that He is the healer, He will call healing into existence. As you believe He is the restorer, He will call restoration into existence. As you believe He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider, He will call provision into existence. As you begin to believe the Word of God, He calls these things into existence that did not exist. Is that not blowing your mind right now? It's crazy. You know, this Scripture is written about a man in the Bible called Abraham. Any Abraham fans in the room? Oh, only two of you, okay. Or three, four, okay. I like Abraham because he's very human and I can relate to him. And basically what happens is that God brings a promise to him that him and his wife are going to have a child. And they hadn't been able to have a child. And the promise comes. And Abraham, you know, he's, he's believing and, 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 you know, believing that it's gonna happen. And then he starts to get disappointed and it's been a long time and it's not happening. And God comes again and brings the promise again. He brings him out of the tent and says, look up at the stars in the sky. As many stars as you can see will be your descendants. And he gets the promise from God again. He's like, yes. And he starts believing and, and, and running with it again. But then time goes on. He doesn't receive that child and he begins to waver in his faith again. So much so it says that he goes and has a child with his servant, Hagar. And God has to come back and say, no, that's not the promised child. You will have a baby with your wife, Sarah. The promise comes back again and He runs again. And it's this amazing, to me, up and down journey of faith. But in this Scripture in Romans that I'm talking about where it says, God calls these things into existence that do not exist. It's talking about Abraham. And it says this after this Scripture, it says, because Abraham did not waver in his faith, God called these things that do not exist into existence. Okay, what the heck? Am I allowed to say that? Oh well, I said it. Did anyone not hear the story of what I said about Abraham? It was very up and down. To me, a simple mind, it seems that he wavered a lot in his faith, that he was very up and down. But God says in Romans, you did not waver in your faith. So I called these things into existence that did not exist. Hear me this morning. This tells me one thing about faith that can give each and every single one of us hope, that faith is not perfection. Faith does not mean you get it perfect every time. Faith does not mean that you don't doubt and you don't stumble. But what it does mean is this, is that you keep getting up, is that you keep believing the promise of God, is that you keep remembering the truth and that you keep getting the truth and you keep speaking it out and you keep believing it in your heart. And if you can do that, God will call these things that do not exist into existence. In fact, it says in this passage, in Romans 4, it says, God says this about Abraham, that I have made you 
a father of many nations. And then it goes down. In verse 18, it says, so that you became the father of many nations. As long as you become what He made you to be, you did good. You didn't waver in your faith. Yeah, the journey might've been a bit up and down, but you kept getting up and you kept believing and you kept declaring and you kept having faith in your heart that God would come through. And as long as you become what He made you to be, you did not waver in your faith. And He calls those things into existence that do not exist. The truth of God, the Word of God, it is the light to our path. It is the truth and the voice in a crazy chaotic world. We need to not just sit in church and hear it and that be it. We need to learn how to confess it. We need to learn how to believe it and actually watch it transform our lives and call things into existence that did not exist. We need to know it, knowing the truth. And that's when it sets you free. There's a passage I wanna end with in Jeremiah 20. And I feel like this is a summary of if you know if the Word of God's in you alive or not. In Jeremiah 29, it says, His Word was in my heart like a fire a fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. When you have the Word of God in your heart as revelation in your soul, it's a fire inside of you. It keeps on burning. It sets you on fire for Jesus. It keeps you on the path towards Him. And not just that, you can't hold it in. It says that you get weary of holding in the Word of God. You wanna share the good news with people. You wanna share the Gospel of Jesus to people, people that need hope, people that need freedom, people that need salvation, people that need joy and love and peace. You want them to know the truth when the Word of God is inside of you. When it is revelation in your heart, it's like a burning fire that you cannot put out and it sets you on fire for Jesus. And you cannot hold it back. You wanna share it with every person around you. Is the Word of God in your heart like that? If it's not, I wanna encourage you this week, spend some time confessing the Word of God over your life. All you need is one promise. J. John says you need to repeat something 50 times for you to finally get it inside your heart. Get a Scripture and start confessing it. Get a Scripture and start believing it. Pick something that means something to you. An area that you need a breakthrough in, grab His promise for that breakthrough and start to declare it over your life. Start to believe it in your heart and watch the transformation that God will do. Not only do situations turn around, but it sets you on fire for Jesus Christ. It changes your life forever. It is our most powerful tool. We have the power of the Word of God. We have the promises. 
And they are, every single one of them are yes and amen for your life. If you want them in your life, confess and believe and watch what He does in our lives, amen. Let's close our eyes this morning. Let me pray for you this morning. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You for every person in this room. I thank You as we have our eyes closed and our head bowed, we think about You right now. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You, Lord God, that we would know the truth and the truth that sets us free. In a world that is bombarding us with news and and fake truth, Lord, that we would know the real truth of Jesus. That we wouldn't be ashamed of it. That we wouldn't hold it back. But Lord, we would declare it over our lives and that we would believe it in our hearts. Lord, and we would see the power of it transform us into becoming more like You. Thank you, Jesus.